You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning, welcome to the show. Thursday the 23rd of February, coming to you once again from Riyadh in advance of the Saudi Cup. 2023 scorching day this morning set to get north of 30 degrees there's even talk of them getting me on a horse a little bit later on which sounds pretty terrifying for somebody who hasn't been on one for about 25 years i'll bring you news of that tomorrow during the course of the next half an hour 40 minutes i'll be bringing you all the news i was gathering around the breakfast pavilion this morning as track work took place and we saw some of the stars on show Tabor country grammar be talking to chase chamberlain one of the uh, ownership interests of Country Grammar a little bit later on in the programme. Also catching up with British trainer William Knight, who Sabuska was doing his thing a little earlier today. Martin Kelly brings a roundup of international news. Uh, he's here in, in Riyadh, particularly interesting on the Japanese horses. Jane Mangan, regular contributor, she's on the show as well, talking about all manner of things. But first of all, we check in back home with Lee Mottishead for an update on the news from the, the UK and Ireland. Lee, what have you got to tell us? Well, Nick, we should probably start with the the whip. Excellent discussion between yourself and Richard Hoyles yesterday. Not surprisingly, not much new to pass on, given that these days now we only get news of breaches once a week. But there was reaction to that first set of 20 breaches by jockeys and the first ever DQ under the new whip rules yesterday. I suppose most importantly, we had comments from Brand Dunshape the BHA's Chief Regulatory Officer. Now, he responded to those 20 suspensions by saying jockeys have had more than four weeks to adapt to the new rules through the bedding-in period. He says it's now up to them to ensure they ride within the new rules. And on the DQ in particular, he added, it was always likely that the disqualification rule would need to be invoked in the early stages of the implementation of the new rules and then sending out um, a warning, I suppose, uh, with Cheltenham in mind. We hope this sends a clear message to all jockeys and reinforces this deterrent effect. We'll see if it does or it doesn't. Um, There was also a statement from the connections of that first horse um, who was disqualified at F, finishing second in a bumper lunar discovery. Uh, The trainer, Jimmy Moffat, the, the jockey, uh, Charlotte Jones, and also the owners, Kevin and Anne Glastonbury. They responded to the, the, the penalties that the horse and the jockey received by saying it's obviously very disappointing and upsetting for all of us here to see Lunar Discovery was disqualified, but they say it was understood by the sport that in tightening up the rules and penalties around whip use, we would see a reduced level of discretion as to what constitutes an offence. On this basis, despite being firmly of the view there was no detrimental impact at all on our horse. We are accepting of the outcome that the review panel has reached. So two really interesting statements, Nick, after the first wave of punishments under those new rules. 6.53am here in Riyadh. The sun's rising. It's a beautiful day, probably getting up to around 21, 22 degrees now. British base trainer William Knight is with me. Uh, liveried in his team British racing, Red Gile looking very smart, waiting to see Sir Busker, his grand old timer who's out here running on the turf for a lot of money. 
It's not impossible, is it? It's not. I think uh, looking at the entries for the race, it's, um, you know, I say he's probably third, fourth favourite for it. So, uh, you know, he's got every chance of uh, getting in the first three anyway, hopefully. Obviously, he's getting he's getting cuter as he's getting older, isn't he? It's one of the it's one of the secrets really to to defeat or victory whether you can get him out of the gate. Yeah, well, I'm not sure why he started to do this because um, you know, he never used to be like this. But yeah, sort of picking up and a few old tricks there. We've been doing quite a lot with him. We've done a bit of stalls work with him um, since Lingfield. So uh, yeah, all I want him to do is jump on terms with them. You know, he doesn't have to be up there in the van. So you know, as long as he jumps with them and not doesn't give them five lengths like he did at Lingfield, then uh, then we'll be all right. So hopefully, you know, Craig Witherford's done quite a lot of work with him at home. So hopefully, we can uh, that can be sorted. And yeah, he, if he jumps with them, then he's got every chance of running well. And he was entitled to a bit of ring rustiness as well, wasn't he? Exactly. But you know, it was <laughs> slightly evident in his last two runs at the end of last year. So. Um, he, he did, you know, he missed the break quite badly in the jump on, but they went off slowly that day. But uh, around Lingfield and around here, where they'll probably go hard early, you just don't want to be giving them lengths. Remind me where he finished in Dubai last year. Was it fourth or fifth? Fifth. Fifth. But he picked up a load of prize money, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Now he won one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars that day. So look, he's he's a bit of a. I've said before, he's a bit of a cash machine. So hopefully, we come to pick up some prize money here I never forget watching Sam Hoskins who one of the syndicate managers for Kennet Valley I've never seen anyone go so loopy when they finish fifth in a horse race before you could see him counting how many horses he was passing as he was coming up the stretch yeah like it was well the fact that he got invited for, for the World Cup that night was great and we got in and you know just we you know we said if we ran in the first six we'd all been delighted and so um, yeah it was it was justified and uh you know, I think, but you know, since then, you know, he's. I think he's improved slightly through the year, and like, who knows? Well, I, I wasn't disappointed by his Lingfield run the other day at all. Um, he's come on for it. He's settled in well out here. Yick is very happy with him. You know, so hopefully he uh, he runs a big race for us. Yeah, and just finally, you've been here as a as a guest before, haven't you? But not as a not as a participant. How's it been so far? I came out here the first year it was yeah. run. Um, and uh, I've literally just arrived. I just got off the plane, come straight here. So uh, ask me that question uh, on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday late, I think, possibly at the airport. Uh, William, best of luck. Cheers. William Knight, their trainer of Sebuska. William was talking to me a little earlier on today, just before he went and supervised track work. Lee Mottishead is back with me. Lee, interesting news as regards all the King's horses. Yes, and all the King's horses, and also all the Queen Consort's horses. I think there was. I think I was slightly surprised, Nick, initially, when uh, Her Majesty the Queen died and the King uh, took on the royal horses that they didn't race in both their names. They just raced in the name of the King. That will now change. John Warren uh, spoke to the Racing Post, Peter Scargill, yesterday and said that after the initial period of a buy, uh, the King's first uh, thirty runners all raced in the name of the King. Seven of those uh, thirty. Uh, runners were also winners that will now change and John Warren the Royal Racing and Bloodstock Advisor said the horses will be running in the name of His Majesty the King and Her Majesty the Queen Consort they will be joint owners of their horses in training apart from some of the jumpers who Her Majesty will be owning in partnership with Chips Keswick and I think it is logical this in, in, in many ways Nick we know that uh, Her Majesty the Queen Consort is more of a racing fan than the King. That isn't a, a shock exclusive. Um, and she's the one who I think we see most 
regularly on race courses and I think this seems like a perfectly sensible way forward. I agree. Our country grammar would undoubtedly be one of the stories of the, of the Saudi Cup. I mean, no doubt. The second in the race last year, running in the colours of Amir Zidane. Yeah, we heard from him the other day on the podcast, written by Frankie Dettori, of course. He won't even let you talk about it because he's been half thinking about the, the purse for this since he announced his retirement. In the colours of Zidane, but a chunk of this horse is owned by Commonwealth, which is a micro-share uh, outfit run by Chase Chamberlain, who's with me now. So you're, what is it, 100-some owners a, a, a part of, part of country, country Grammar? Yeah, we have 130 owners on Country Grammar, actually, from all over the country, some actually international owners. Um, and 95% of those folks have never been involved in horse racing in their life. So to say that this was a special introductory opportunity is, to say the least. I mean, are his credentials, do you think, stronger coming into the race this year than they were last year? I think so, yeah. Of course, it was a big ask to, to bring a horse off a layoff like that. and he, he performed like a champ. But, you know, I think we saw a new horse in the San Antonio. Um, we saw a little bit more early speed. Um, Frankie was really confident in him. He's, of course, so much more fit. And I think the horse has just really come into a six-year-old year nicely. He, he looks beautiful. You know, sometimes I think you see those six-year-olds, they get a little bit too big. I think we actually saw that in Mishra, for instance. Like, he, he really put on a lot of mass. Country Grammar is just, he's matured beautifully. And do you think one of the reasons for that is that he's pretty low mileage for a, a horse of his age? Yeah, he really is. I think it is. A, I think it's a special thing that we, with country grammar, you got to skip a lot of those kind of early prep races. You know, horses get hammered in Derby preps in the United States, um, and he kind of got off of that path, um, and then came into the barn. We sent him out to Bob's for the purpose of targeting these handicaps on the West Coast. And then, you know, by chance, we ended up coming to this Middle East tour. And so I do think that that's, I think that's made a big difference. I also think, you know, he's bred to, he's bred to be a horse to go the mile and a quarter, mile and a half even. And so I, th I think that suited him well too. It's easy to keep him out of those kind of early cheap speed type races and not hammer him. You look at this year's race in, in terms of depth of opposition, what do you see? You know, it's so tough. I. Horse racing can be such a heartbreaking game. So like, I come into every race thinking, you know what, we're going to see what's going to happen. I, I like to say I take it furlong by furlong. But he's just he's a horse that's so easy to have a lot of confidence in. There's a lot of horses in our stable that I get nervous about. You know, some of our best, I still get nervous. I just have so much confidence in this horse. Of course, I think the Japanese are bringing, you know, they have, some, they have a lot of speed. Um, and the Japanese shouldn't be, nobody should sleep on what the Japanese are doing in their training and breeding programs. So all the respect in the world to them. Um, and then, of course, Taba is, you know, he's a special horse. So I think that, you know, Country Grammar, what he brings is a boatload of maturity. Um, he's an unflappable horse. Um, and I think he's just ready to fire. All right, Chase, good luck. Thanks, Dave. Well, Martin Kelly has been uh, helping us with our coverage of the, the Saudi Cup for several months now. Uh, here we are, Martin, just a couple of days out, and you've been you know, working news gathering during the course of the, of the week. Should we start with, with the Japanese and, and really try and pin down what we couldn't quite pin down yesterday, which is what the trainers and jockeys believe their best chances are? Well, Shito Yagi came into a press conference on Wednesday morning. He's got Pantalasa going. He's the guy with the hat, just for anyone who's As you can see, the very fancy jackets. Um, yeah, yeah he's just, just Martin is wearing. I mean, I. I this has been a, this it can, what, can only be coming, this, it can only be described as what you might expect a boxer to walk into the ring in, with an enormous kind of rapper's hood, uh, stay foolish emblazoned across the back in gold, uh, and the silks 
just above a, an enormous great swathe of red on his on his coat. Very very unbiased, but he's got Pandalasa in the uh, the Saudi Cup. He said that this the sort of sandy dirt here suits turf horses. We saw that with Mishrif. He thinks he could go well, but he's aiming to have two winners on the night. Maybe Pantalas is one of those. We try to pin him down. His best chance of a winner is his derby horse, Continuar. And we, we couldn't really talk about Japanese horses, Martin, without uh, uh, tipping a, uh, our hat to Naohiro Goda, our friend from the Green Channel, who appears on this podcast quite regularly. Uh, you've been having a, a long chat with him this week. Uh, what does he think? Well, four winners for Japan last year. He thinks we could well have three again this year. Songline and Dancing Prince could defend their crowns in the turf and dirt sprints. And Yun Light Bolt, he thinks, of the six Japanese horses in the Saudi That's Cup. That's Ryan Moore's mount, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. That's the best of them. A Champions Cup winner. Yeah, yeah, which was an automatic qualifier for the Saudi Cup. OK, so that's the, the Japanese horses mainly covered off, but not all the Japanese jockeys or Japanese-based jockeys, one of whom, Christophe Lemaire, had a sort of dreamy day here last year. You've been talking to him? <laughs> yeah, he had all four winners here of the Japanese winners last year. Two rides this year, Geoglyph making his uh, dirt debut in the Saudi Cup, but he's really sweet, a bit like Nahiro on Songline. She's now a grade one winner. Coming back here, he said she's a bigger, stronger mare than she was and really quite bullish about her chances of winning once again. Who do you think is going to win the big race? I'm quite soft on Tiber. Um, he's looked good on the track this morning. He was actually quite cultish down by the gates, but unexposed. We didn't, this time last year, we'd never even seen him. I know you'd heard about him from Ammer, but um, I think there could be a lot more to come from him. And we're talking about uh, jockeys and, and uh, jockeys who might be bowing out during the course of this year. Uh, Dottori, the obvious one, Marrera as well. But you can add a third high-profile name to that list who is competing in, in the Jockeys Challenge and will be here over the weekend. Yeah, uh, Yuichi Fukunaga. Not in the Jockey's Challenge. Right, OK. Start that again. Talking about um, jockeys who are bowing out during the course of this year, we've talked about Dottori and Marrera who are here this weekend. There's another one as well who will be competing on Saturday. There is, and yeah, uh, Yuichi Fukunaga. He's actually got a Japanese film crew following him around, such as this sort of celebrity <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, he's had 24 uh, grade one wins in Japan. He's won a, a Japan Cup as well. He's had his first winner back in 1996. He's had his last ride in Japan. He's got two rides here on Saturday. And the final ride of his career will be remake in the Riyadh Dirt Sprint. All right, Martin, thanks so much. Enjoy the day. Cheers, Nick. You too. Journalist Martin Kelly there, who's been helping us out here in Saudi Arabia for the last few weeks. And before that, Chase Chamberlain of Commonwealth, the outfit that is a part owner of Country Grammar, one of the key fancies for the Saudi Cup. Lee Mottershead is back with me. Affordability checks wouldn't be a day without mentioning them, Lee. But your paper, The Racing Post, has uh, conducted a new survey. What's it uncovered? Well, we, we already knew, Nick, that this is a subject that has interested our readers pretty much, I think, more than anything I can remember, certainly in terms of letters and emails that we've received. We conducted a survey of Racing Post readers, 10,400 plus of them responded. And some of the, the headline numbers, Nick, from the answers are that one in six, 16.6% of those 10,400 plus people said that they had already been asked to carry out an affordability check by a bookmaker, 8.9% by more than one bookmaker, 7.7% by multiple bookmakers. They went on to say that if you have been asked to carry out an affordability check, did you decline? 55.3% of those people they did not choose to give the bookmakers the documentation that they had been asked to by the bookmakers. 34.7% said they did 
uh, hand over the information. In a theoretical question, if you were asked to carry out an affordability check by bookmaker in the future, would you refuse to give the information? 66.5% of those said yes. Another interesting stat, Nick, was that in terms of the um, the uh, the black market and the extent to which punters are being um, or, or are moving to the black market, the actual numbers so far are relatively small. Uh, only 3.6% said that they have used a black market bookmaker in the last 12 months, but a much bigger number said they would be prepared to do so in the future. And just widening it out as well, Nick, to, to bring in the, the scope of restrictions placed on, on punters for, for, for winning, basically. Um, in terms of the question, have you had restrictions applied to a betting account in the last year? 34.8% of punters said they have. Now, some of those will have been restrictions linked to affordability checks. Many of them, though, will also have been because they were, as I said before, winning punters or they were beating SP. So loads of really interesting numbers in this. Not surprisingly, um, the responses from the Horse Race Betters Forum and the Beckham Gaming Council have been um, along the lines of the send out a clear message to both the government and the Gambling Commission. And I don't think really anyone could deny that. And finally, for the moment, Lee, uh, the Coral Trophy is the big race at Kempton Park this weekend. And there could be more success for Bryony Frost, the inform rider who struck with a treble at Wincanton last week with an old friend. Yeah, she has been in flying form of late recently. Uh, Nick, another winner yesterday for Bryony uh, Doncaster for uh, one of her regular supporters, Lucy Wadham. Uh, Bryony is looking forward to riding Frodon in the, the valuable race, the 150 grand handicap at Kempton on Saturday. And she said after this race at Doncaster yesterday, I'm looking forward to riding him. How can you not be? Uh, whenever you see him entered, you get excited. And she goes on to add of a former King George winner. He loves Kempton. And if the rain stays away and the ground is good, that will suit. He's back in handicap company. He's got top weight. He's had top weight plenty of times before. Um, the rain, I think, we will now stay away. But we had a right drenching yesterday. The weather in Surrey, my return from Melbourne, was very much not like the weather you have in Saudi Arabia right now. But a bit like the weather I had in Melbourne last time you and I were there. Yeah. <laughs> well, here in Riyadh, um, the sun is getting some serious heat in it now. We're probably pushing up toward the the high 20s as clock ticks round to about five past eight in the morning horses doing some track work in front of us just here in the the breakfast pavilion we've seen Tabor one of the big fancies for the Saudi Cup itself just being a little bit tricky in the starting gate this morning but ended up stretching his legs out quite well friend of the podcast Jane Mangan you think I get everywhere here she is I've got to say you are looking the most stylish person here everyone else is in their kind of breakfast casual I mean, I didn't realise there was a, a best dress competition this morning. I did have to, to sharpen up, all right. But it, it won't be best dress when I'm looking like a cherry tomato in a minute if I don't get out of this sunshine. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's a lovely... This is a lovely calm before the storm kind of feeling. You actually get to talk and chat to people within the industry without having the pressure of race day or somebody running for some job that they're doing. And, of course, I love my food, getting to eat... Um, but I just saw Taba and Country Grammar both into the stalls, settle, wait, and then get reversed back out before they did their canter. Never see that in Europe. You go into the stalls, you break out. Most unusual. 
but there's clearly method in it. I mean, and, and if there's one nation that venerate stalls trading above any other it's it's the united states and particularly bob baffert and what's he what's he celebrated for in terms of what his horses do on the track he's celebrated for horses being able to get out of the gate and show that pace and you know use their speed and use their speed to, to devastating effect well there's there's no other way of putting it they're just way quicker than us out of the gate so it, that's why i they were the only two horses that i saw in the stalls and i was thinking maybe this is why they've got the edge and no, they just stood there, let the horse relax, know that there isn't any pressure today. Today isn't game day. Uh, reverse back out and then do their canter. Saw the subjectivist pulling his exercise rider's arms out on the grass. Um, he obviously looks really well in himself. And a, a number of the Europeans, I saw Cafe Pharaoh early in the morning. The Japanese were first onto the track. They were up early. So it's a different kind of... It's just a different feel, isn't it? Because at home, we're now in the midst of Cheltenham mania. So it's a nice recess. I wanted to ask you about this. And we were talking about this on the, on the bus on the way in today. To what extent are we now in a, not a dead period, but just a, a, a really sort of stale period for two or three weeks in terms of, in terms of news? Hasn't everything that's going to happen happened as far as Cheltenham's concerned? And now it's a question of whether horses are sound or not and what races they're running in. The only thing that'll really happen is defections, horses getting injured on the run-up to the races. We've got the handicap entries, we just want the final weights, but yeah, they'll be... It's kind of just playing chess now. There's multiple chess pieces on multiple boards and where they, they, get, they get put, really. And, and the other thing that struck me is that yeah, this is the time where you start getting the odd defection coming in, and you know, so we saw that, saw it with Alaho last week or whatever it was. Trounced yesterday. Exactly. Well, we'll just come to that in a sec. And it struck me, the problem is now, because we've talked so much about concentration of lots of talent in so few yards, etc., etc. But it means that you can ill afford defections, particularly from the Grade One races, because they're just not they're just not deep enough to take two or three horses of, of, of caliber dropping out are they yeah we've seen the last couple of years a, a market number of races that weren't available for each way betting and you have maybe a, a stalwart horse shying horses away but that isn't the case in the gold cup and despite constitution hill the champion hurdle still has a little bit of depth to it despite the fact that he looks like he's unbeatable i think it's more the novice races i think it's the novice kind of chase bracket where you're thinking well I'm not going to be Guyard de Manil in the National Hunt Chase will I go down to the Brown, Advi- Brown Advisory and then I'm going to meet another big Willie Mullins horse there so I think it's more in the novices you, you're, you're smiling yeah, I am, smiling I am because you said the champion hurdle still got a bit of depth to it yeah. just don't dive who's into a swimming pool anytime soon because I worry about who's you who's going to finish second well, I'm guessing it's going to be state man and I, well, who's going to finish third I like to move it maybe well yeah. and what's beyond that there's no depth well, you, yeah, I suppose you don't think Vauban has a chance, obviously. I mean, well, I think he's got, yeah, he's got a sniff of being third, hasn't he? Or second, maybe, if he, things really go yeah, well Yeah, aside from one horse. But I do think if, if Constitution Hill, God forbid, anything happened to him, it would still be a good race. Yeah. 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 Not sure about that. Myself. Uh, mind you, I think Nicky had had to start shuffling a few more horses in there, wouldn't Maybe a few more mares <laughs> running it anyway. They've all got the entries. They would. The old honeysuckle, she might find us anyway. That's that's that we've been and done that one we're, to we're death. We're in Riyadh now, Nick. We're in Riyadh. I'll tell now. you what else we've done to death. What else? The whip. Yeah, yeah here we are. But here Don't we are. It's another, it's another little chapter, though, isn't it? Every every well, day, every day's every day's a new day. Um, Richard Hoyles and I 
talked about this quite extensively yesterday and we really kind of picked through each stage of the process and tried really to take a bit of heat out of it and try and shed a bit of light on it which is quite difficult to do because it's clearly very emotive from your perspective and particularly from an Irish perspective do you anticipate this is going to have a significant bearing on what happens in three or four weeks time of course it is now there was everybody expected this happen this gulf of bands to happen a week on it's the first kind of slap on the wrist that we're going to see any jockey that's over the threshold numerically I find it difficult to have sympathy for that because we've been this is all anybody's been talking about it's the it's the other over the shoulder it's it's the different discretionary so, so what we'll say issues of, issue, issues of with. issues of technique are harder to iron out yes. issues of counting I mean you've been a jockey I haven't you understand what it is to use a whip you could use it very effectively um, when you are in the heat of battle when you're in the thick of it um, do you d- does every jockey have the presence of mind to to count accurately and and I'd like your, your, your objective opinion on that. Everybody has a mind. No, heat of battle, you still have a brain. Uh, you're, you're thinking of an, any number of things. I know people will say when we get to the Cheltenham Festival, if I'm winning the Gold Cup, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Well, this past week, there hasn't been Cheltenham standard racing. There hasn't been that kind of pressure. And I know every horse's race is important to them. But we saw a disqualification. Wow. Yeah, from someone who's never had a whip, and bizarrely, and thought, and but she thought she said she thought she'd only hit the horse nine times. Well, she still she'd have still got a big yes. one for nine, just so. for nine. Yeah. You know, in a special. bumper, finishing second. Yeah, it's it's again counting. If counting is the issue, I, I find it difficult to have sympathy. It's the other, uh, it's the other discretionary kind of calls that I I think that's where the, the real problems will lie in Cheltenham for any Irish rider going over there because they haven't been I suppose exposed to this yet um, again they can count but the other side of it is, is the problem so clearly what everybody's dreading and I get this and this is why it was supposed to be the nuclear option this is what we discussed yesterday Richard and I were saying well you know, when, when the rule was brought in four over no one's going to do that there'll never be a disqualification of course there's been one in the first week and there's natural natural jitters about it what shot that there's a DQ at Cheltenham or after Cheltenham? Do you think there's any chance of it? Oh, I'd be so disappointed. And I have sympathy with the, the connections of the disqualified horse last week, but maybe it's actually a blessing in disguise that we've had one in the first week in a, in a, in a race that isn't a marquee race. And again, I understand that every horse is important to every set of connections and those races are important. But for a wider, from a wider picture, there's a DQ at the premier festival of the year that's such a bad look for the sport um, how are you looking forward to Saturday night very much so I have a nice green dress picked uh, I'm not usually one for the fashion but I look forward to Ascot every year and this is after I suppose I came here first time last year not knowing I did, basically didn't have my bearings um, and I, I really enjoyed it and I got a feel for it and this year I'm very relaxed. Um, I'm meeting all of the people without having any real work to do, and it's nice to relax. So green dress. So I'm you. I'm going to be. So you are coming. Yeah, I was going to say you I are have, coming as the Irish tricolour. Orange hair, white, whitest of white skin. 
I am basically the you got uh, there before me. The ultimate patriot. Uh, and of course, here in the kingdom, where I know you're a very popular figure, um, again, given that yesterday was the founding day, that, that green will go down incredibly well. Yeah, pity I didn't make it to the Irish Embassy in time to celebrate because uh, the traffic for <laughs> Foundation Day was crazy. But uh, no, look, I. What can I say? We're here, sun kissed. It's, 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 it's really nice to be here. I send the ambassador your regards, don't worry. I'm sure you did, no doubt. Yeah, always great to catch up with Jane wherever she happens to be in the world. I know where Mickey Hammond is. He's in Middleham and he's got news of the Middleham Open Day, which is in aid of our good friends at Racing Welfare. Mickey, what can you tell us? We found that over the years that uh, these Open Days have been terrific for publicising and promoting our sport and, and giving the every man, everyday man in the street uh, an opportunity to come and have a look at some of the horses that he knows from reading the daily papers as well as the, the, the daily racing press. So it's a very much a, a family day. And all the proceeds, as you quite rightly say, this year are going to racing welfare. But if you buy an early bird ticket, it, it just costs £10 for adults. And uh, any anybody under 16 is free, which is great for, um, for families. We've got lots of events going on in the afternoon as well as the stables being open in the morning. The um, <laughs> what, what we what we do need for the time of the year is a little bit of help with the weather. Obviously, at the moment, it's been extremely dry for the last four weeks. All the all the stables, pretty much in in Midland, are uh, are opening up. Ben Haslam, Charlie Johnston, Liam Bailey, James Horton, Jed O'Keefe, yourselves, Carl Burke. Yeah, there's some there's some lovely horses that. Um, Flat horses at uh, Hortons that have cost plenty of money uh, that are now that we, as yearlings and now two-year-olds. Carl Burke's had a fantastic um, last uh, 12 months. Charlie Johnson's doing tremendously well uh, in his new role as trainer. Jed O'Keefe regularly turns out his winners. Ed Bethel, again, uh, since taking over the reins from his father, has done really, really well. There's lots of horses to come and see and also get some... Um, the general public an opportunity to just see how uh, how well looked after and cared for these racehorses are and how much they are loved by the staff that look after them. Mickey, look forward to it very much. Uh, Friday, April the 7th, that is Good Friday, the middle of Open Day, sponsored by our All Proceeds to Racing Welfare and the early bird tickets are on sale now. For just a tenner for adults, under-16s go free and that's to the end of February, middlehamopenday.co.uk. All right. Well, for many years, uh, the name Douglas White was just synonymous with um, success in, in Hong Kong, just ran through the Jockeys Championship for year upon year upon year. And not in common with many, has seamlessly transitioned to the training ranks and enjoyed a wonderful day in Doha, winning the uh, the big uh, Emir's Trophy, uh, worth over a million pounds sterling uh, at the weekend with the ex-Irish trained Russian Emperor, who's been a very good horse in Hong Kong the last few years. Douglas joins me now. That's quite special, Douglas, to, to go on the international stage uh, and score for Hong Kong outside Hong Kong. What did that mean to, to your whole stable? Yeah, hi, Nick. Um, oh, it, it was tremendous. It's, it's obviously something that I enjoyed doing, firstly as a jockey, but... You know, to, to venture off into foreign territory with um, your first runner, um, it it was something really special. He he seemed the right horse to do it with, 
but you know to, to, to still pull it off it's probably one of the highlights of my, my whole career what are this horse's most appealing characteristics his temperament he's he adjusts to the surroundings very quickly um, he you know he, he's unfortunately he's not the best on firm tracks and he although Qatar was on the firm side he let down the he can do that um, but he's his biggest asset is that he, he, you know he, he gives you all what uh, what you see is what you get and he's as tough as as the days long um, and he's just a lovely individual to be working with when when you acquired him what did you what did you think you were getting uh, I was skeptical uh, you know he, he, his runs at, at Royal Ascot were, were very good his form read well but he's coming off tracks with a lot of giving the ground and um, tracks that are dour as, as opposed to Hong Kong but he, he just um, he stamped himself with with some class and uh, that, that that meant that went a long way when you looked at him and as far as going going abroad is concerned with, with horses that are trained in Hong Kong, I mean, we all look on Hong Kong as you know some something that that's ideal. The, the prize money's so good, the program book works so well, the betting revenue is great. We all look on with great envy. What incentivizes you to to go outside? What incentivized me more than anything was the fact that. Um, over this time of, of the year, winter time, the tracks are really firm in Hong Kong. I'm taking on the younger generation, you know, the likes of Romantic Warrior and the King of the Castle in um, Golden 60. Um, and I've been a bridesmaid a few times to them. And the horse just kind of, he lost a little bit of his zest. Uh, and I thought it would be the perfect time to send him somewhere foreign, something different. And to try and get that um, that life back in back into his legs and and that zest back into his character, which I know he has, and I will say from the day that he set foot in in Qatar, um, within 24 hours, he, he was back to the horse that I I got my first season. Um, he he just transformed, and I, I knew we were in business. He his work was phenomenal. His um, his whole characteristic changed, and he he, he he became a man again. You know, he he stamped himself as, as as the horse I saw, the horse that we bought, and that says a lot for for an individual like him. Um, it was the right move to do to, 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 to take him abroad. I got to give I got to give a bit of a thanks to 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 my vet who who, who made this all happen, Stephen O'Connor. You know, he's he's a champion. He worked in Qatar, and he he he, he really helped me get over there. Um, took care of the horses, flew with them. So it, it, it all sounds all, all, all good that a trainer goes over there on their, on, their, on their first occasion and wins, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you have to thank, and he's one of them. Are you, are you half tempted to, to bring him back to, to Ascot for something? Um, look, it's, 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 um, it's not, it's not um, off the radar. It's something that I've, I've penned down in my calendar. As you know, he's, he's arrived in Dubai today, my main goal now is a Shima Classic. Uh, it's going to be a really tough ask. But uh, having said all of that, he's, he's won his Group 1. He's, he's got a, an invite. And um, Royal Ascot is, 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 mid, is mid-June. Uh, what's it? Mid-June. Mm. So 
it could be good timing. He's going to get his ground. He loves to travel. He's a he's a good doer. So yes, I, I, it's not off my off my radar. Well, we would we would love to see you there for for sure. It would be it would be great to have you back in the back in the UK. Uh, just a couple of points on on what's happening back home for you. You mentioned Romantic Warrior and Golden Sixty. The the rematch is is coming up. Um, could you see Romantic Warrior getting one over on him uh, at, a, at a different distance, a mile and a quarter? Do you think? I think he can. I think over a mile and a quarter is probably is where Golden Sixty is vulnerable. You know, um, Russian Emperor beat Golden Sixty over that trip. He's just got an electrifying turn of foot, Golden Sixty, and he, it probably just stretches him. I think it's going to be tempo related. The quicker they go, and the, and the, the more stamina that stamina that's injected into the race, it's going to make it more difficult for Golden Sixty to to show that turn of foot that he has. But um, they're both champions, and it's going to be a great race to watch. And I'm just glad that uh, I'm not contesting it. I've won my Group One, so I'm out of that battle <laughs> at the moment. Um, you, since transitioning from from riding to training, you can you can also take a bit slightly more objective view of what goes on in the the confines of, of what's one of the most intense stewarding environments in in world horse racing in in Hong Kong. And one of the men that succeeded you as a as a champion, Zach Purton, he's never backwards in coming forwards. He suggested that the the new steward there, the new senior steward, Mark Van Gessel, who's taken over from Kim Kelly's, and you know not really not really up to it. He's he's dishing out too many too many suspensions, and he's he's lost the confidence of the jockeys. Uh, I I guess. I guess you have a you have a slightly different perspective on this now. You're, you're out of the saddle. I, I like to read the races as if I was riding my horse and as, as if I was in the saddle. And, and likewise, I go home and, and I like to watch the reviews uh, as if I was in the inquiry room um, giving my verdict and, and listening to what the, the stewards were particularly inquiring about. Um, Kim Kelly was the best steward that I ever rode under and worked under now as a trainer. And I didn't. I haven't had much to do with with Mark van Gessel, but I, I will say that um, I've, I, I highly uh, he's been highly recommended. And what I've seen is he, he's very thorough, and um, I think he's going to be doing a very good job for for the Hong Kong industry. I'm I'm not going to particularly be commenting on on Zach Purton's uh, views of things because he's now racing race riding and, and I'm training. But you know, when when I'll never forget when Kim Kelly first came here, he he, he everybody had the same opinion, and they so, uh, soon learnt that um, ride by the rules and there'll be no problems. Um, so that's the nature of Hong Kong racing. The, the rules are there. They they well. Um, uh, uh, what's the word? They, they they you know they're there for everyone to see. Uh, just abide by them. And, and you'll get away with, uh, with, with, with not getting suspended. If you happen to not abide by them, well, then there's consequences. And unfortunately, that's Hong Kong racing. There's, it's black and white. There's no gray areas. And safety is of the most particular importance here. So I, I'm going to kind of side with the stewards. And yes, it's going to sound a bit biased, but I think that racing in Hong Kong needs to be strict because the pace of the races, the competitiveness, the pressure, uh, the tightness of, of, of the races, um, there's just, there is no actual room for error. Um, so, you know, I've ridden here for 20 odd years and, and um, yeah, just abide by the rules and you'll get by. 
Well, my my thanks to Douglas White. Absolutely fascinating there. And just that that last paragraph, Lee, when he talked about the need for clarity in 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 stewarding, and jockeys must abide by the rules. And think, yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to find a connection between that and a current story over here. I'm sure there is one, think of one. It's just it's just not jumping out at me. Cannot think of one at all. No, no. There we are. Anyway, well done to him, and it would be great to see him over over in in the UK if if Russian Emperor comes this way. What have you got for me for this afternoon? Well, Nick, on the basis that if anything broke, don't fix it. I'm backing uh, and tipping Bryony Frost in the three twenty five at Huntingdon, the Join Racing TV Now handicap hurdle. She rides uh, for another of a regular supporters, Neil King. About a horse called Lifetime Legend, not a regular winner by any means, but it seemed to go well with the application of a hood at Fakenham last time. And at a decent each way price, I'm going for Lifetime Legend in the 325 at Huntington. Lee, thanks a lot. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to all my contributors today. That was Thursday, February the 23rd, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye bye from Riyadh. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.